what what gave you the passion? What gave you the vulnerability to be able to speak up publicly on so many various platforms and have done so so eloquently? What is it that's just making you want to just stand up and shout to the world outside of the horrific, you know, uh, and the travesty that's been taking place? Because there's a lot of people that get angry and they can talk amongst themselves. They can talk to their families. They could spread love and hope and cheer other ways. They can spread their message other ways. But what is making you just wanting to get on this podium? I, I actually went to school until second grade, third grade, I think, um, in Iran. And I had a lot of family even then in outside of Iran. So as a mm-hmm. child, I mean, I had them visiting a lot and understanding the Western culture through their eyes. And um, even when I was three, I lived in the States. I lived in Puerto Rico. Um, for six months and then California for six months and I went back. So it was just like back and forth culture shock, right? And as a kid, you you notice a lot more than people think, right? So it was very strange. And even then in first grade, having to stand there in, in line at, on the first day of school, I had to start chanting death to America. Um, and they, they, that's what they do to start the day. That's how children there have to start their day is chanting death to America. And I started bursting out crying um, because I thought that meant um, my family is going to die in America. And that meant like the whole I'm, I'm chanting for my family in America to die. And that was a traumatizing experience for me. And I had to, you know, I was sent to the principal's office and she closed the door and she literally looked me in the eye and told to calm me down. She's like, that's just something we say. So we don't get in trouble. Um, and that was a memory that stayed with me for a very long time. And when you go back and once I moved here, when you go back, back and forth, every time there's a culture shock and you feel for your people and you start thinking, analyzing, why is no one talking about all these things that are happening? It was not normal, right? Um, Seeing, hearing, the last time I was in Iran was six years ago, and um, it was the most traumatizing time I was there because I was thrown into the morality car uh, van three times in a matter of two weeks. Um, And I normalized it. I laughed about it. Um, But that's because I could get out immediately before being taken um, because I was a citizen of Canada. So... I think when this whole movement, I mean, we were all angered at the flight 176, people dying in 2019 or 2022. Um, and we were angered in 2019 when everyone was protesting and 3,000, bloody November, 3,000 protesters died, um, were killed. Um, and this time, I think it was, we took it upon ourselves to be like, okay, we need to share their stories. Like, in whatever means, if, even if one other person can understand, that's that's one more person. So I made a post about it. I think it was like September 22nd was my first post. And I wrote um, about how Iran is in a hostage crisis and how, you know, it's not about hijab. It's about every aspect of their lives being controlled. Women can't dance, can't sing. And then to see all these non-Iranians, I didn't know this post was going to be, you know, effective to the point that it was. And to see all these people message me, friends, saying, I never knew this, that's when I was like, okay, this is, maybe to us, this is normal because we've heard it so much and seen it and we've normalized it and desensitized ourselves. But people need to know because this is not normal. This is not okay. This is not, and we need to give voice to these people who can't talk about how it's not okay, how it's affecting them. So that's how I got involved. Um, and seeing that it could affect others and make them learn, that's, that's why. 
I think that's beautiful. Uh, beautiful in the sense that you were able to really speak up and have a voice and that voice being able to be carried. And then to also see the, the, the camaraderie from, you know, outside of, you know, cultural understanding and as well as, uh, you know, the Iranians, which is pretty cool. I'm, I mean, I'm seeing that now. Like I, I'm seeing a lot of people sharing this information that truly are dumbfounded by it. Can't believe it. There was a video that I think, I don't know which one of you posted it, but um, this scenario about this girl that was essentially taken in by the government, beat up, raped. And I was sharing it and it was not, it was a young woman. I think she was like 15, 16 years old. And that was just one clip and then the other clip and the other clip. And there's so many variables. I was getting, literally my DMs were blowing up. Like just, I can't believe this. Is this real? Is this real? I can't believe this. Those were the, uh, the the general consensus. What is the thing that we can share to the to the people right now that are listening that can really solidify in, in the most simplest of terms the reality that is taking place over there? Like, let's try to conceptualize all of the little the clips and the headlines and and the information that is just being bombarded because it's just it's a uh, it's a copious amount of information, and it's really hard for somebody that doesn't understand that side of things to be able to really internalize it and 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 make sense of it. So, you know, both of you, this is a question to both of you. How, what would be the thing that you guys can explain to people as simple in simple terms that just don't understand what's happening in the world right now in Iran? They're done with theocracy, and they want democracy. Um, they want basic human rights. They want their voices to be heard. They want to be like other countries like i mentioned in the last podcast like they want to be like westernized countries um america canada they want to be like europe they want to be like asia minus north korea um they want just basic basic freedom um they're they're done with the being suppressed and being oppressed they don't i mean that's just in the the most basic way i can explain it um so what they're fighting for right now is to get a regime change, not a reform. I think simplest terms, they want these people gone. They want mm -hmm. their, their, again, I, the best way to put it is it's a hostage crisis. So these are invaders that are in power mm -hmm. um, and people want one of their own up there that represents mm -hmm. them. These are people who only represent their own interests. And if you look at all sectors of a, a government and what they provide in terms of like, the, the economics, the, the, you know, human rights, the freedom in all the sense, nothing that they do benefits the people. N like literally even the money that they get, um, the, the resources that they sell, that's the, it's a seventh richest country in natural resources, but not, not, not to interrupt you, but what's the likelihood of that actually happening? I mean, look at, look at government worldwide. What's the likelihood, whether whether they're being, whether it be uh, it be a puppeteer, whether it be you know part of this, what, what do you, whatever you want to call it, this organization behind the scenes, Illuminati, I don't give a shit, whatever it is, there is always some power play behind the scenes that is in control of the entire thing. So the reality of actually having some sort of reformation or a switch out or a swap out, like in realistic terms, like I understand the, there's a there's a magnoscope right now or microscope on top of Iran and the world is seeing everything that's taking place. And, and at some point, something has to happen. Otherwise, it's going to snap. And I understand that. But what is the reality, I guess, in the next two years, the next 12 months, the next six months, you know, 
while all this is happening, how much more suffering is going to take place and, and before something actually makes a, 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 a shift is my question to you. What do you think about well, that? Like, do you think it's that we can determine? But I think what is really what is really powerful in this movement is that it's not just internal, where people in Iran are fighting alone with you know just their themselves, which is already very powerful. But it's they have the people outside of Iran supporting them in every every step of the way, right? Uh, from all over the world, there's Iranians. I think there's I don't know how many four million something like that that are the Iranian diaspora are scattered and. A lot of Iranians do have power, do have influence, do have the money, do have the resources to utilize to continue this fight. So it's a it's a fight that everyone is is there's different warriors in it. There's the ground warriors who are doing an impeccable job. And I mean, all hats off to them. They're doing all the work. But there's us here that are also supporting them. So uh, there's no there's no you know percentage of how successful this is going to be or if it's going to be successful. But what we do know is that they're not going to stop at this point. Um, nothing, nothing is instilling fear in them anymore. They are done. They don't want this regime. They've been done for a very long time. And finally, they're understanding that a lot of them are chanting that they rather die than have this regime, right? They rather risk their lives than have this regime. And there's a lot of power to that. And that's why we help put political pressure, social pressure. So no one aids the government of Iran anymore. Um, And that's all we can do. And, you know, um, we just have to keep fighting on. I think it's yeah. Safe I mean, there's a lot of point. activists. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I think it's safe at this point that we've surpassed the point of no return. So it's just a matter of time before they they're gone. Um, I mean, as you, if you see videos right now of Iran, their women already have their hijabs off. I mean, you, people are reporting from Iran. It's a good like fifty to sixty percent um, that women on the streets have their hijab off. So that change it. That ball has already started rolling. Um, so there's, at this point, we can say there is no going back. We're kind of in that middle zone right now of this whole revolution happening. Um, mm -hmm. well, the thing is that people know if people stop now, that the scary part is people stopping now is more dangerous than people Mm -hmm. to keeping on in this fight because this is the same government that tracks every single one of your moves, right? So what, and, and I wrote about this before that right now the government is in, in def- defensive mode because they are having people protesting and being so actively and vocal about this regime change, right? Once people backtrack and they know this in Iran, once they backtrack and they're like, okay, I'm scared, I'm not going to do this anymore. All these people who've been at protests, all these people who vocalized, they will one by one start getting identified. One by one, they will be arrested. One by one, mm-hmm. by one they will be murdered. Their families will be threatened. So that's th- that's going to take a toll on the people a lot more than continuing on this fight and finally getting rid of this regime after all. That's mm-hmm. the scary part. And that's a reality. That's a reality. Because yeah. it's it's literally, it's happened. Historically speaking, it's happened over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just frightening. The thing that frightens me the most is... Every time I go on, you know, the New York Times or Al Jazeera or whatever, I, it's just headline after headline. And it's like the top two, three, four, five, it's, you know, it's this riddled with this, this happened and this happened. And I'm just like, my God, it just won't stop. And, and that's it's nothing. 1% of the coverage, the coverage should yeah, exactly. be a lot more. You know, no, no, totally. I, I, I'm with you 1000%. But what I'm saying is it doesn't stop in the sense that 
I'm just waiting for something to turn positive. I'm waiting well, for I... a headline that says X, X and X and X and Y took place. Finally, something there is a shift that is happening. I want to ask a quick question because I know we're kind of going, I'm rambling here, but for the people that don't understand and, and, and myself included to some extent, right. Um, for the, for those that are listening, I think there's a, there's a distinctive difference between, um, being a devout Muslim or whatever religion Baha'i, it doesn't matter. Um, and, and then leveraging and using that religion in order to gain control, what have you. Now, is the removal of the hijab, is that a political piece? Is that a political stand-up? Or is that against the religion? Or is that against the regime? Oh, my gosh. I could talk about this all day. Do you have anything to say before <laughs> I it. start ranting? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> because I, I really want to know. And I'm I sure people want, want this. Yeah, Please. I think we, us Iranians have been trying to say time and time again, this is no disrespect to the to the religion. This is mm -hmm. just about freedom of choice. And that's it, right? I, I When Correct. I was in Iran, every time I go back, I have family that is devout religion, uh, Muslim, and, you know, they, they wear full hijab. And not never once have they tried to enforce it on me, judged me, or didn't sit at the dinner table with me. They all have welcomed me with open arms and me with me with them. There was, you know, cultural barriers for sure. Like one time I went and I thought I could hug them saying I'm a hugger. So I went up to one of the men that I know and we, we grew up together and I came to hug him and he literally like almost fell back, like tripped back and like too much. And I, and I was so, at first I was like, why? And then they told me like, you know, because they're really, and I was like, no, like we laughed about it. Right. Um, mm -hmm. we all sat at the same dinner table. We all, you know, shared the same meals and shared conversations. There was no judgment. So it's not about that. It's about freedom. We want people who are Muslim to practice being Muslim and the government is not practicing true Islam. Whoever I speak to who is familiar with the religion and knows the ins and outs, they are just using that as a as a ploy to brainwash um nothing it's that they do it's, it's their own it's a fake religion that they've created it, mm -hmm. and they've named it islam it's a completely different thing that they've created it, anything that benefits them so it yeah people who are true um who are truly religious in islam as well agree with this also i mean this is yeah. what also makes this movement so impactful because we have so many different types of groups who agree with us. From people who are very religious, they know that this is being exploited and this is not what true Islam means. Um, you feminist groups, uh, animal, I mean, I can go on and on about this, but even like animal rights groups, environmentalists, like everyone is in on this because it, they just, um, they just do so many, uh, moral breaches, uh, in, in terms of who, who what they represent. Everything about them is a scam. Everything. And in as Donia was saying. Allah, you know... Sorry, you keep cutting out, so I don't know if you stopped. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> I think my Wi-Fi is being weird. Continue, though. It's all good. It'll all look good okay. when it's all done. <laughs> is, am I being glitchy, though? Just quickly, like, because I noticed you're, you're I have glitches with you guys. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just a scam. I think they should be considered a mafia at this point. They're not a government group. Um, they should they should be considered uh, an organized crime, uh, at the least. They're not true Islam. They just exploit religion to get what they want from money and power. That's basically it. Yeah. I mean, they got into power. One of their um, one of their marketing like manipulations was they fooled people 
to believe that Allah put Khomeini's face on the moon. And so people really believed they saw his face on the moon. And that was a sign from Allah that this is their true, their leader, right? Like people actually mm -hmm. believed they saw his face on the moon. So that's just to show you. And um, I'll share a quick story. Last time I went to Iran, there was someone that was um, a pro-regime that I um, unfortunately had to be at a dinner table with. And um, it was very uncomfortable. And he started, he, during dinner, he started out of nowhere, bawling his eyes out. Bawling oh, his eyes out. So we're all just kind of like, why are you crying? And he's like, I just love Khamenei so much, the supreme leader. He started crying for his love for him because he's like, he is my God. So oh, they've Jesus. been brainwashed from, the young, from very young age to believe this is God. Man. It's just a cult, it, honestly. Like a, As yeah, like we were talking it. about, we were talking about the other day, uh, Ariana, we were talking about the other day. I mean, this is Kim Jong-un all over again. I mean, literally mm -hmm. the only difference, I think, is the fact that they just have a closed country and nobody has access. Because I've just seen so many documentaries, and I'm, I don't know if you guys have, but it is it is like, it's like a cartoon. Like these people rever him as, revere him as a god, and their whole entire existence is around this man who is just a man. Anyways, I don't want to get into that. So I, I understand the similarities. It's just... Yeah, it's sick. It's literally no, it's sick. sick. It's sick. It's mass manipulation, and, yeah. and that's why they censor media because they don't want their absurdity to get out, a eh? and um, for people to be exposed to what the real world is. Yeah, I think this is like digging into psychology of things. The ones that are in support of uh, people like uh, Khamenei there and Khomeini, uh, it just comes down to the psychology of being brainwashed. I mean, they just, that's my personal opinion and belief that uh, they've just been conditioned to think this way for so many years now and from their own parents who at this point, it's the, the generation, um, I think even our grandparents' generation have experienced this. So they it's just conditioning over the years to think if this is correct, this is right. And now we're putting the brakes on that and saying, no, this is wrong. Um, we need to, we need to get rid of this like ASAP. So the, yeah. the, the, a lot this of is why we're here. Like, this is the revolution that's happening. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that are in poverty and they love that because they target these families who are in extreme poverty and desperate for money and get, buy their children essentially to put them in these these quote-unquote like supreme leader schools like you know Basijis, mm -hmm. all of them from the, as young as age four. Um, and mm -hmm. from then they... They so just, that's when the brainwashers starts. Yeah, there's no education. The education is what they, I mean, even our schools, we had his picture everywhere on the front of the books, his quotes. It was just like him, 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 him. But in their schools, it's a whole different ballgame of like brainwashing since you were a child. So these people, unfortunately, a lot of the, I mean, there's not that many supporters of them, but the ones who are have been extremely brainwashed. So it just sounds like they're masking theocracy really with dictatorship because that's what it sounds like to me. Oh, for sure. Correct. You know, yeah. so for, for them to, to leverage and use religion as the means for control. I mean, it's just the same thing as saying that, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you call them? Like terrorists and whatever. Like, you know, uh, you know, Allah told me to do this. Like, no, he didn't. <laughs> 
the, the guy okay. brainwashing you is what I told you. Uh, if you meet truly religious people of all beliefs, they're generally, I'm not going to say all, but generally, they're very peaceful people. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's a weird sickness. It's a sickness because That's... they start manipulating. And the fact that you were telling me at like four years old, they start this, man. Yeah, and, and they say if, if anyone goes against the word of God, okay, the word that they say, um, their translation of the word of God, the, their translation of the Quran, um, yeah. then they're waging war on God and they deserve the severest mm-hmm. punishment. And that's what Khomeini in his 1988 secret decree um, had sent out to massacre everyone that the political prisoners um and people did it they massacred there was four um people on the death committee um and it's interesting to state that one of the members of the death committee is now the president so in 1988 he was on the death committee um to execute all these political prisoners because they 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 waged a war on god um and now he's the president and he's also preaching that same fire that they're, they're doing the same thing right now doing the same, and they keep they've again. been doing the same thing right? so been... let, me, let, let me ask you this and this and i could be i could be overreaching here but like outside of the like the general reality of what's taking place like they're trying to keep everything hush hush they have so much control why execute them like really like i i'm trying to open up a dialogue here like why would you execute them you could imprison them you could take away their livelihood why execute them to 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 what to 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 make what do you call it more prisoners (laughs) to make it's on it's two reasons honestly it's just two reasons but the main reason being is to deter other protesters Mm -hmm. from coming out they don't want people to go against them they want to send a message out there for us as well i mean this is why we're we're it's a psychological warfare as they say um they want to send a message where it's like you cannot interfere with our plans you cannot go against this you cannot be anti-regime uh, yeah. the simplest way. So they did. It's just punishment by the most lethal by lethal means. One hundred percent. Because it's not like in the prison. I mean, here's the thing. Uh, I was reading statements made by people um, whose families had been in the prisons uh, from 1988, and these people were just in so much torture and pain mm-hmm. that they were wanting to die from that pain. Like, I mean, that's the thing. I think we're focusing on this execution, but what we need to really hone in on, there are things happening to these people. I get a migraine. When I get a migraine and I don't have my medication available, I'm like, God, take me now. Right? <laughs> like, that, like, and then I, I, the other day I had a migraine and I felt so guilty of feeling so like in pain because yeah. there's Hussein Ronali, a reporter who, a political reporter who's in the in the prison right now had his oh my God, legs yeah. broken and refused medical treatment so imagine you're sitting in that pain so i don't like yes the execution is horrible but these people mm-hmm. are already suffering before the execution that's what we need to focus on like they're in pain they're being tortured. women are being raped so those are all just horrifying um yeah i think it, that's it, we're it, also it's, so angry yeah. I think that's why we were so angry about the headlines going on with the whole fake news oh thing. That people are concerned with the headline of what's contri- considered accurate, what's inaccurate. But it's like, as Dunya was saying, they're literally going through a torture and psychological tormenting. This That's just the least. I mean, there, there's just so much going on right now that's not being talked about. So, the, and, Well, of course. I mean, the, the media is just full of shit 99% of yes. the time. 100%. Yes. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. I, people are in solitary confinement 
for months. Like imagine being mm-hmm. in solitary confinement for months. It, it, it's it's just unheard of. Do? And to to hold on a semantic of a of a sentence of a headline because it's that sentencing because it, it's just such a um. It, it, it's so tone deaf because it's, I, I don't know, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's just, you're looking at what's happening in Iran through a Western lens and you can't do that because they're not, they're not, it might look like a democracy because they have a parliament and all these different systems, um, but they're not a democracy. You can't be uh, caught up on the word sentencing. There's no sentencing. People, are, there's protesters on the street that don't even make it to prison men to get sentenced to death. They're getting shot before even making mm-hmm. it to prison. So you're worried about sentencing. They're not, they haven't been exactly. officially sentenced. This regime is going to send an official statement sentencing 15,000 prisoners. Like, uh, the, the, it, it's just, it, it's mind-boggling to me. And I think what frustrated us in the diaspora was the fact that for two months, we've been begging people, please talk about it. Please share their voice. Please amplify their voice. And finally, we were getting here and there celebrities, you know, media coverage. But this sentencing misinformation within a matter of like 24 hours was being spread like wildfire. NBC, who has not been posting anything on Instagram about it, made a post about misinformation. And it's like, that's more important to you than a 10-year-old that just got killed and a two-year-old that got shot a month ago. And the prisoners, political prisoners, the protest in prison protesters a month ago had a fire burning in the prison that killed hundreds of them that was started by them, the regime, to kill these people. So it's just, yeah, I could go on about my anger about this, but I'll stop. <laughs> no, no, let it, let it go. Cause people need to understand what's happening. I mean, the, like you said, people are looking at it through a Western lens. Just that it's not, not, it's not just necessarily that it's like, we only get to see over here, the superficial, you know, growing up when things would be happening, my mom would always say like, you know, this is the actual news. You know, we were watching because, you know, we have satellite TV and we're watching what's happening back home. I'm Lebanese, so we, we get to see things that are happening in Lebanon and, you know, and uh, 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 Syria and Palestine, what have you, and what's actually happening in the Middle East. And so it's like, this is the real news. Like, this is really happening. And you're seeing kids getting blown up and shot and people literally just crossing the street and being bombed. Like, they don't show that stuff. And they don't talk about it because it's like, it's almost like this taboo because we're trying to coat everything and make it pretty. And we're going to show you news about kittens and then everything else becomes this brainwashing. Cause I mean, that's what, that's what news is like news media. It's, it's just, I mean, Kanye West said it best, nothing on the news, but the blues. That's all I got to say. Exactly. No, I mean, I think for us Iranians, um, we've seen so much that's come to light for us so much truth that's been uncovered from what was it earlier this week was it women's march who had negar mortazabi represent us for Iranians? and i think we literally bombarded them in the comment section saying please do not choose negar mortazabi to represent us we have some people we'll send you all of them like please don't have her speak and they went ahead with it anyway um we have unicef uh we have un like we're just constantly bombarding them telling them please like help us out here um, give these Iranians a voice. They're literally risking their lives to send us content. Um, the least we could do is just put, you know, use your platform, just put one post about it, just something. And it's just not only are they not uh, acknowledging it, they're almost ignoring us. 
And this is what's been the most frustrating. Yeah, but it's yeah. all intentional. I mean, everything has there's a rhyme and a reason for everything what they're happening. doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're just turning a blind eye. And this is what and what going back to the whole fake news thing. It's like here we are, literally killing ourselves. The you know trying to put the news out there, and they just they 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 use something else that complete that makes us look worse. You know, it makes people discredit what's going on here. So if we think that from yeah, now on, if the news is gone. Yeah, people are going out of war with this, which is such a Western thing to do. I'm sorry. Like, there's such a, you know, obsolete thing to, to look at. There, uh, as Donia was saying, there's so much going on. You have 10-year-old that just was killed. Uh, what was his name? Uh, Keon Pierfadak. There's, um, they're shooting people from their cars who are just honking. I mean, just little things like this, yet that's the headline. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the anger is is just it's, it's just been so eye opening for us during this whole process this past two months. So, but we're they still we're still hanging on this bumpy ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they shot a woman recording the protests. They shot her. She caught her own death on camera. So let's talk about that. You know mm-hmm. what we need to understand in the Western world. I think Western world is really stuck on the fact that we need to have factual, um, uh, you know, confirmed information but how do you get factual confirmed information from a government whose entire reign has been because of their censorship and their lies and mm-hmm. deceit? So, citizen journalism is the only factual information that you should be speaking on not even this Correct. misinformation it was conf- it was confirmed by the state media of iran that like you would rather ask the dictators if this is true as opposed to the people that they are, you, you know, controlling mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's just, it's insane. And I think uh, one big thing is this Western um, fear to meddle into foreign affairs and they don't want, they see it as political. This is not political. This is a human right, rights crisis, right? But that's what people yeah. need to understand. You're not meddling into foreign affairs because it's a dictatorship, an authoritarian regime that has taken an entire nation hostage. So the feeling that you have when you're watching Handmaid's Tale and you're rooting for the people, that's exactly what's happening to Iranian people. So you can't be in fear of misinformation and sharing. It's a great analogy. Right, like, I mean, it's like you're in fear of spreading misinformation and being too political, but this, this hesitancy needs to be gone because other than that you're not going to get factual information you're waiting for dictators to give you facts and that's never gonna mm-hmm. that's not gonna happen they're just gonna diminish them. and negar marta brought that up what we need to understand is that the regime has infiltrated the western world and you know they're everywhere and they're very they are strategic masterminds they they're so cyber yeah their cyber and psychological warfare is on it you know when everyone was saying trump is a great marketer right? And there was that mm. whole debate, right? This regime it is Trump times, you know, 100, like brilliant masterminds. I'll give them that, right? Um, they're not just on the battleground killing people, but psychologically and cyber war is very real. Um, and they have people who look like us, who look like normal Iranians, do-gooders, who are spreading subtle misinformation to diminish this movement and diminish it the the brutality of the regime so that's what we're trying to make people be cognizant of mm-hmm. and the regime hates being in the middle of controversy at the most they hate being under spotlight so what's going on here is that we are pushing that as people iranians outside the diaspora um you know we're 
pushing so hard to keep the spotlight on them because we know the moment that spotlight is off and the eyes are off, they can go ahead and do whatever crimes that they're used to doing under the radar. Mm -hmm. So this is so important. This is so, so, so important. And I think I cannot, um, I, ca I cannot emphasize this enough where we just continuously need to leave a spotlight on them and putting the information out there that is uh, uh, the most factual sense of the reality of what's going on over there. Um, and there are pages, there are uh, accounts now that uh, do report to the best of their knowledge and the best of their factual mm -hmm. ability to get, uh, put an uh, as an accurate source of what's happening over there. Because, I mean, to be quite honest, there is no journalist on the ground. There is no media on the ground because it's currently oh. not allowed. So you technically can't fact check anything, but when there's videos coming in from the ground of what's happening, you cannot make that up. You know, so exactly. And Western media and Western journalists have gone there, but guess where they are? They're in prison, so mm -hmm. um, they're not exactly doing what they're supposed to be doing because these people have been arrested and now are in horrendous conditions in the prisons, held as hostage. That's how Iran mm -hmm. has the Islamic regime holds power over other countries. One of the ways is that they hold their people hostages in the prisons. That's what I was going to ask. Well, let's say an American, an American citizen goes to try to get coverage over there and gets arrested, can America intervene at that point? Would America uh, intervene? I mean, can America... Has it happened? People? Yeah, I mean, it, it's happened. I, mean, I think during, I mean, don't quote me on this. So 2009, part of the negotiation that Obama made, um, it was release of some hostages. Again, don't quote me on this at all, but um, I think they paid money, I think 400 million, I don't know, something like that. I, again, don't quote me on it. There's been... A, they've had to pay a lot of ransom and to to get their their um, citizens are. out of it yeah that's another thing they do though it's another sort of kind of getting money from other countries they're holding hostages yeah. they know they're they can't kill them and if they do something could start a war because at the end of the day they are they're they're not gonna put themselves that far out there they're gonna try to keep themselves in check but for the most part they're doing this to get as a leverage to get even more money part of you know, the, more so, of the dirty business they do. Mm -hmm. So even not to interrupt you, but so even let's say you got the best terms ever. Okay, you're you're a devout religious Muslim. You're a man. You do everything by the book, but you still don't have freedom. No, you, you don't. You don't. You, have freedom there's no this. freedom. Like no. you're limited to what you are able to accomplish. I guess in the sense of from a professional standpoint, what you can do from a personal standpoint. You know, your your every move is watched. Um, that's frightening. And so, and then you take that and then you go to the opposite end of the spectrum with women, with children, with those that don't want to be controlled by religion. That is a scary place to be when you don't have zero, when you have zero rights, you have zero freedom, um, that gets masked as a democracy when in reality it's a dictatorship and you can call it what you want. You can make it all fancy and pretty. The fact that you're leveraging religion in order to, to seize control, just shut up, please. Everybody who's thinking that, cause that's not the reality. Mm -hmm. And on top of which now you have, now you have everybody over in the United States or in the Western worlds that are watching this stuff on social media, looking at it from a perspective of superficial lens, right. And mm -hmm. can't really grasp the fact that what's actually happening is if you do something wrong, you could be crossing the street and you just get shot and your life is over instantly within seconds. 
Like imagine putting yourself in that perspective. That is the reality that these people are living in every single day. And that is heartbreaking to the extreme. And what, what can we do? What can we do like right now that is, can, that can move the needle? Is there anything that we can do that really move the needle outside of spreading awareness, outside of doing these shows and, and, and talking about it? Like the general masses, is there something that we can do that is organized that can be done? I think um, the biggest thing that we're trying to do right now is at least we don't, if you're, we don't want to start war. I mean, that's not, war is not the answer. But the very least that we can do is to stop our leaders, uh, government, uh, governments, our local leaders, to stop doing business with them. I mean, um, we don't want, we don't need you to, uh, to do anything else other than just recognize them as a terrorist organization, recognize them as a mafia. You cannot do business as normal with the mafia. That's that's the that's just kind of the our main goal here. We're putting. But what about like on. average? What about average people? Just like everyday people, like you know, they're seeing this or listening to this right now. They're seeing the stuff on social. What what can we do as just everyday citizens? I mean, I think obviously social awareness is huge, right? Yeah. Um, sharing, tagging news channels, sharing the stories. I think one thing that I've been seeing is. All of us are connected to someone of influence, someone of power, yeah, someone yeah. in the politics, someone who's a celebrity. Utilize them, share these stories with them, get them to talk about it because they have more exponential reach. So I think that's really important. But beyond just social awareness, it is, of course, we need to put pressure on politicians. Iranians are not saying help us. Iranians are just saying share our voice and don't help them. Right. So it's mm. a notion stop doing business with the devil stop hoping for negotiations don't say you know like don't be the president of us and say we're putting a pause on the negotiations no there should be no deal with the devil they mm -hmm. they should be cut off their assets should be cut off they should not be i mean these people are rich like these people have money all outside of iran these are assets right um i'm sure they're not keeping their their money in toman in iran right mm -hmm. so their asset put pressure on that's them actually that a good one Right, yeah. yeah assets. I mean, stand up there and don't say these are protests. Say people want regime change. Call them dictators. You, you know, don't be political. I mean, you, if you can't ask politicians to be not to not be political, but this is not political. This is a human rights crisis, right? right. So acknowledge it as that. That puts pressure on them so that they know it's not now. It's not never. There never is going to be any kind of you know, established relationship anymore between them. So even if they suppress these protests, these this revolution, they put so much fear and it stops. Um, moving forward, there's never going to be a deal. They're identified as terrorist group because they are. They are the biggest sponsor of terrorism in the world. Number one in executions per capita. So acknowledge them for what they are. Um, and I think putting people first for once before politics would help the world in this case, because they do fund so much of the, the harm the, the world feels. So especially the middle. you guys have an audience listening right now. Uh, where can they find you if they want to learn a little bit more about you, what you have to offer as well as the, um, the messaging that you guys are providing? Social media, Instagram, yeah. I think that's where we've both been very vocal on. 
Um, and we try to post like daily updates on what's happening in Iran, you know, sort through the footage and put, put things that are valuable. So um, definitely Instagram is where I'm the most prominently outspoken on. Cool. Same I'll here. tag your accounts on that. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, it's been such a pleasure. This is this is awesome. I'm I'm glad we did a follow up. I'm glad we got you on. I'm always open to do more of these. If I had to do a hundred of them, I will because this is just ridiculous. Um, Ayana just wanted you letting you know, like we're at right now. I was just looking at the numbers so far. Our episode is at 141,684 uh, downloads, and we're we're still going. So oh, wow. we're getting people. Okay. We're getting people out there. Yeah. I hope this one goes awesome. Yeah. Carmina later. She's she's also amazing. So yeah, I'd love yeah. to get her on. Oh. I just I, I I'm I'm just as many voices we can get that has reach so that we can just leverage everybody's platform. Well, we, and then it. if I'm getting a few hundred thousand, you're getting you know so on and forth. That <clears throat> that would be amazing. My podcast mm-hmm. network is I the biggest. To recommend for sure. Yeah, I'll yeah, amazing people. for sure. Thank you so awesome. much. We've- the oh, we s- community appreciates it and um we can't thank tremendously. you tremendously hopefully Ron will be you. free and we can, we can you know host man. <laughs> we'll all go together we'll vacation there together as long as i can as long as i can have some hookah and some tea i'm gucci oh yeah, yeah definitely yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> all right thank, thank you, you so ladies much. it was Bye. a wonderful thank you, thank you so thank much thank you donia bye thank you.